swords and handle art to spark souls and charge souls to cross roads and bandits are catacombs and giant doors protect the chest and stores some legendary items with the dragon bones and iron it's a grand theft of blood scrolls simon's quest the drawing earl rock shoes to earth clue keeps the exit gaming news the police get some bad dudes to crash crew like bandicoot all shit a game in english Control issues. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, yes, y'all. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is A Dub. You can find us at control issues.com. You can also go to your local podcast provider, whoever that may be. You can look for Control Issues, download that, subscribe to that, rate that, review that. Let us know where you at. You can go to twitch.tv slash control issues pod where we put up gameplay videos every so often for your viewing pleasure and also head on over to twitter at my control issues is the handle let us handle that amc how you living i'm living well man um you know everything's great got a little rain on on my side of town so nicely done got some clouds in the sky and it's not because of because of trees being on fire it's actually just be because of natural weather patterns and, washing uh, the filth out of the air so we could finally spend extended periods of time outside. Yeah, I imagine that there was a layer of just ash that I that my eyes had just come become accustomed to and that That's all West just Coast. got washed away. <laughs> I mean when they say drink and smoke it's straight West Coast and they the, the smoking doesn't just mean you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's always smoky out here. It'll be smoking. Yeah, so um other than that Started watching uh, Borat's new film on Amazon Prime. <laughs> it's, do you have to do you have to pay, or is it just you just nah, start it's, up? It's free with uh, Prime Video. Perfect. So, yeah. so I may as well watch that tonight. Uh, hey, you got something to eat my ice cream too. Yeah, it's uh, it's already. I haven't finished it because we never finish anything in one sitting. <laughs> but we're an hour in, and it's incredible. It's only an hour and a half, but um, it's it's great because it's very relevant. Which is like it seems like it had to have been made within the within a month or so ago, and you talk about how production has been like really hindered with uh, COVID and everything. The fact that they were able to work in a lot of stuff that seemed to have happened like within a month or so, because even COVID is uh, mentioned in the movie. Um, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty crazy that this movie is so relevant, and yet it's not relevant in that the character is Borat, who people thought would be left to. Uh, times of the past with my, yeah. my, my wife <laughs> one and done or a few and done i should say yeah um but yeah it's great how about yourself a dub how you been uh chilling man been going back into the office got my flu shot so pumped up about that uh got a new haircut which you already know about that and, uh, what else is going on in the life of a double you know, yeah, just going in and out of the office, we finally moved. It's been talked about for a great deal of time, and it has finally occurred. So I plan on going in the office maybe once or twice next week just to situate my situation. And mm. Working out, my ankles hurt like a motherfucker because I've been jump roping like crazy. Uh, 
missed a workout day. So could have used the, the rest. So that was great. I am a couple weeks behind on Inktober. I'm going to try to catch up as best as I can. I, I stopped it like day 11. It is now day 25. So you can see how that's going. Other than that, just chilling, getting everything together, looking for looking for a new place to call home. <laughs> we'll let y'all know. Yes, let me know. Hey, Deb, if you need a helping hand to, to lift a couch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I ain't got nothing but a couple bookshelves and my, my desk and my TV stand. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. All these goddamn books. Yeah, you, you you might have two two consoles as you're walking into your new place. Two <laughs> consoles, one under each arm, bubble wrapped. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that should be the. Uh, Was it the housewarming? Is uh, just going on uh, a marathon. I'll roll through, get Marissa to watch Theo, and we'll just marathon the shit out of something. <laughs> See that boost mode on Diablo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> play some Rocket League. Play some, just bring it all back. Yeah, Justice exactly. Rocket League. <laughs> play. Yes, yeah, right. We get some uh, Doom Eternal on. Ooh. Not Doom. Not Doom. Actually, you know, we get that Doom. Not Doom 2. We get the uh, Diablo Reaper of Souls on the PS5. See how that shit runs. We're oh no, you can't play Overwatch split screen. We were passing the sticks. Uh yeah. Which is always great with Dig Nasty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, man. Good times. I'm looking forward to it. I'm I'm gonna be looking over some listings today. I just gotta get better at finding what I'm looking for. I think a one bedroom might be a little unrealistic because it seems like they're doing COVID pricing. And, you know, oh, get in here. It's like 1300 a month for the rest of the year. And then it goes right back up to 2200 I'm like, what in the Lord's name is going on here? So, so they're giving you, know, you like a one year, like down, like like if you were getting internet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like it just balloons up after one year. Pay $9.99 for the first month. <laughs> and then it's $150 a month for yeah. three years. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and because they know just the difficulty especially moving to move to a place for one year and if you were going to move out after that year <laughs> yeah. i'm trying to find i'm trying to find a decent place think i'll think i'll just try to find a nice studio yeah as long as it's as big or bigger than what i'm currently in then that'll be perfectly fine studio is great i love my studio many great many I love great your times. studio. <laughs> yeah many great times played had in that studio so much fried chicken Yes. So, hey, Dub, let's get into it, though. What have you been playing? Well, I haven't been playing much of anything because I've been working inktobering when I can and sleeping because I'm tired and sore. However, uh, in the past couple of days, I decided to fire up Rebel Galaxy Outlaw again. As you guys know, last time I left off with the game, I was stuck on a main mission I could not move past because the weapon I was using is a dumb fire weapon, which means there's no lock on, there's no aim assist. You gotta basically line it up and try to catch a moving target at several hundred kilometers per second in the void of space. So that was a great idea. Um, and it had a little offset because it was one of two ordnance points on my, on my ship and they were on the wings. So there was a little offset. In hindsight, I realized I could have just used a different ship that had an ordnance point in the center of it, so then there wouldn't be an offset, and I could, probably could have finished that mission in no time. However, after a handful of tries, I made it happen with the Coyote, 
and from there just went on a continuous just stampede of story progression. I think I'm in the second to last stage of the game. I need to do two more story missions. Then I get to the final stage of the game where it's only six missions. And then I can put this one to bed and I can begin to get back into all the games that I leapfrog over to get to Rebel Galaxy so I can start leapfrogging backwards until I get back to Divinity 2 and finish that off. So we'll see what happens. I think going forward, I'm uh, I'm going to finish Rebel Galaxy. I think it would be in my best interest to go back and finish Bioshock Infinite so that that'll be done as well as the entire Bioshock trilogy, which will be a big, a big feather in my cap. Um, also want to go back, try to figure out Darkwood, try to figure out Overland. I, I had a pretty good first run at Overland, so I think I can figure out how to beat that relatively quickly and then get to Divinity 2, which is going to be just at least a couple dozen more hours to push that over the finish line. However, that's what it, there's a design choice that Larian made that I really appreciate, which is that once you leave behind what is basically a big chunk of the game. Like, I guess each of the locations are the different acts of the game. So I left behind the tutorial act. Everything that was going on there was closed out by default. I left the the main story act and everything that was going on there is cut off. Now I'm in like the second act and then there's a third act. So I just like that once you move from one act to the next one, you don't have open mission threads or open quests from the previous act. It just closes them all out wherever they were. So that's, it's very liberating and relieving. I'm currently in, I'm on the nameless Island there. And I want to finish that at some point, get to arcs and finish that game off. Ah, well, those are just plans and, and dreams that I hope to achieve pretty soon. But AMC, what have you been playing? I've uh, been putting in some more work on Doom Eternal at this point. Um, I got uh, I got the super shotgun, as I believe they're calling it nowadays. It's the um, it's that double barrel shotgun that made Doom famous. Mm. You got you got energy weapons, <clears throat> you got rocket launchers, and you got a double barrel shotgun, and that that tends to be the strongest weapon in the Doom franchise. Um, yes. And then the the BFG, the was it the big fucking gun? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but, but that's yeah. a different kind of power. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's that boomstick, that double barrel boomstick, and yeah, you get it, and it immediately just. What I love is because um, you know it's stronger console. Uh, it's a it's a sequel, so they can just put more into the game itself. And when you shoot demons with that double barrel shotgun, you just seeing the flesh just like rip off of their bodies like the biggest the supers the heavy demons like they're getting knocked to the side as they get hit with that double barrel blast (laughs) so it's um it's it's fun it's also the weapon that um introduces the uh i would just call it the the meat hook or the fish hook the uh grappling hook where you can if you put it on an enemy you can if you hit the 
what would be the the mod, the secondary option for the weapon. It shoots out the hook and then grabs onto the enemy and you can pull yourself forward, which is great for if you have to do a glory kill from far away, you can grab onto the enemy. Yeah, the the glory kill is. So the game's all about staggering enemies. Is that when you whip the shit out of Denzel Washington's (laughs) The, 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 yeah, for 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 being insubordinate yeah. until he sheds a tear. Yeah, and, and then and then all the soldiers realize what this is really all about. Mm-hmm. We, we still in we still in another man's America. Um, yeah, great movie by the way. Watch that if you want to see classic Matthew, Matthew Broderick. Denzel yeah. <laughs> breaking breaking onto the scene. Um, in a yeah. big way, that was a huge performance. Yeah, and just a good—you don't really think of a ton of like great Civil War movies. That—that that is definitely one of them. I'll say. Um, yeah, but uh, glory kills—you stagger the enemies. That's when you want to know their weak points because you hit you hit the weak point, you stagger them, then you get the glory kill, which releases health from the enemy and then keeps you fighting in the game, keeps you in the game. So yeah, um, got that. So it just adds in a whole new layer. I haven't really played around with it too much from like a platforming perspective. So I imagine it just gave me a little more verticality as well. Um, but yeah, Doom Doom continues to be Doom, which is just the most fast-paced shooter I've played. I never got into the Quake series. So like this game is kind of a throwback to that feel. Like you, you'll even see like in the tips and hints, it's this is not the cover shooter game. This is the game where you want to be on your toes, constantly moving. It's actually the moment you even try to get in a loop in like a small contained area is when you get taken out. So mm-hmm. you you want to utilize every bit of the map when you come into these, I guess you'll call it arena sections where a flood of enemies will suddenly appear. And then it's just you trying to survive that wave of enemies. Um, and so with that, they've added like a lot of traversal, which is really cool. Like there are, there are, um, I guess, poles that you can jump to swing off of, which launch you. Uh, there are just platforms that also launch you. You have the double jump. You got the dash. You, the double dash. That double dash. Yeah, the double dash. Um, and I'm, I'm sure there's going to be even more. I, I even just got an upgrade that it's a mod where whenever I get the glory kill off, I get a speed burst after. <laughs> so it's like an adrenaline boost. Um, so yeah, that like... I'm just getting glory kills. You feel that wave come on. You're moving around. Kill the next guy. You keep that wave going. So it's just, it's a stream of insanity, which is, it's great too, because there is a lot of death. At least I'm playing on ultraviolence. So I am dying a lot, but the load times are good. And um, just the way that the, the, the sections break down the encounters, it's almost like a puzzle and you're figuring out, all right, so Here's where the guys appear. I have, I'm going to need to move this way, take out this guy, yada, yada, yada. And your every encounter is a puzzle in itself for you to solve. And so I don't mind the constant deaths because I notice by the time I get through it, I've gotten better at the game. And that's what it's all about. It's not about just you have options to put on cheats, but um, if you choose to not do that, you learn how the game wants to be played and you play within that constraint and then you realize like just how efficient you can be as a killer in that world uh, as the doom guy so yeah the game I'm, I'm welcoming the game in um and allowing it to guide me as i play through it and i think that's easily the best ex- experience that you could have while going through this game um other than that played a little bit of ori that game's great i'm not going to get too into that <laughs> Let's uh let's get into the topics of the week. Top topics of the week. 
So we have a, a number of ways to go, A-Dub. You know what? I'll let you lead off with this one, and I'll go from there. All right. Well, as we get closer to the next gen, that November 10th, when everything goes down, Xbox hitting the stage first, Sony showing up November 12th, and then worldwide November 19th, mm. things kick off. In preparation, it looks like Sony's making some moves. We got a story saying that The Last of Us Remastered's load times have been reduced by over 70% on PS4. What? So, hey, not on the PS5, on the PS4? Not on the PS5, on the PS4. For example, it was, there was a video uploaded that shows the improved load times in, in action. Pre-patch, the first loading screen in The Last of Us Remastered took roughly 90 seconds. With the new patch, load times for the same section appear to be about 13, 14 seconds. So just tremendous reduction in getting into the game itself it's also said that when going through the whole encounter with david uh low times can get as low i mean they can save you up to like 18 seconds so that's a big deal for that kind of game and then you can only imagine what implications that has for playstation 5 because if the low times are that short on ps4 then that means they're they might not even be there on the PS5. It might be a seamless experience to likes of which they, we haven't even prepared ourselves for. And building on that news story, God of War and Final Fantasy VII Remake seem to have also received PS5 support patches that don't really spec that don't specify anything about what that support is, just that that's what it is. So AMC, what do you think this means? How do you feel about it? It's great. It's um, it shows that the innovation that they're bringing to the PS5 is actually showing to have, I guess, impacts on the current generation, which is, which is great in itself. It just shows um, the industry is evolving and how they, um, I guess, the the infrastructure behind like how games operate is it's it's evolving in a in a more positive direction as opposed to like load times continuing to grow as games get bigger they're actually figuring out how to make games more efficient which is um awesome i've actually never seen this before or heard of this before so this is completely new to me i know people poo poo the idea of you know patches and updates after games come out because they never really think about the fact that games can get better, that technology can get better. So why not implement that on the games that you're currently playing rather than having that day one experience be the experience that everybody has from then on out. And yeah. so in this way, you do see the benefits of the industry developers constantly fine tuning their, their products and figuring out ways to make them run better. So I think that, I think that's a great thing. What do you think? It's outstanding man just it further builds on the idea of the backward compatibility it isn't just support in that the next consoles will play those games they'll be playing those games better and then you know like you said this technology seems to also extend to other generations so we can benefit on it on the existing generations of consoles is dope and that's a huge it's just a huge improvement. Like that's implications for the way the games will be made, at least on Sony first party titles from this day forth, maybe this kind of tech or whatever they're doing will find its way to third parties. 
and be a big deal in that way. We'll just have to see. I mean, maybe that'll be the Sony difference next gen. <laughs> it's like they made a big deal about the, the custom solid state drive that's in the PlayStation 5. This could be the fruit of that labor. But let's get into our next topic of the week. Top topic of the week. This one, a little, a little more lighthearted, a little more levity, a little more uplifting. Uh, Microsoft sent Snoop Dogg an Xbox Series X fridge for his birthday. Yes, you heard me right. An Xbox Series X fridge. It has been an ongoing joke that the Xbox Series X looks like a refrigerator. Well, Microsoft went ahead and made an Xbox Series X refrigerator. They filled it with gin and juice for your boy, Deal Double Jizzle. And they also put in an Xbox Series X shaped cake. In addition to some food items, I think they got some weed in them. Last but not least, the fridge also had an Xbox Series X inside. So Snoop's got one. Next gen's getting real. Maybe we'll see some some impressions, some screenshots. Maybe we'll see some streams from your boy Dizzle. AMC, how do you feel about this? Yeah, I think it's going to play. Um, so this episode, we're going to get into some things uh, when it comes to, I guess, the more commercial side of the industry. And yeah, as we move into next generation, you want to get this thing into the hands of as many influencers as possible. And why not? like just get it into the hands of pop culture icons and snoop being one of them um it makes sense and what i love about it it is usually it's just like everybody gets kind of the same thing and it's not that big of a deal but they made this specifically catered to snoop dogg so it took one somebody in marketing to really like do some background work um on Snoop Dogg to really know about like his character and everything in his past and then to also then work in microsoft and so he got he got the gold chain yes he got uh, the xbox logo and the and the xbox logo (laughs) yeah he got he got got two different ones he got the gin and juice he got the he got the happy birthday even to the to the to the one og (laughs) yes and then yeah original xbox og and then you also don't want to forget it's uh self-aware they had the xbox in there so it's almost like one of those things like the russian doll where People joke around that the Xbox looks like a fridge. Well, they made an Xbox that is a fridge that contains an Xbox within it. <laughs> I mean, where was Exhibit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Snoop, Snoop would have loved to see it. Oh, you like Xbox? Well, now you got an Xbox fridge with an Xbox in your Xbox. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, I love it. It shows self-awareness. It shows um, an awareness of the people that you want to have on your side, market, helping market your product for free. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's uh, we're going to see a lot of craziness like this moving forward. I've, I've heard other influencers getting their hands on PlayStation 5s now. So at this point, it's it's all marketing. Like um, you, maybe people still, they want more details about the console, but at this point, it's just getting word of mouth about the consoles being out when they're going to be available uh, to the, to the greater market at whole be at large. Um, Cause there is going to be, uh, we'll see at least there might be some scarcity, but that scarcity will also create more story. And so, yeah, you want to get the people who need to have it talking about it in their get it in their hands and then so they can get it out there. So, yeah. Now, speaking of celebrity marketing, tie-ins 
We got your next topic of the week. Top topic of the week. In a related note, Sony and Travis Scott have joined forces with PlayStation bringing him on as their strategic creative partner. So there's no telling what this means other than that there's going to be some marketing going on. We know that Travis Scott, a.k.a. Cactus Jack, has done a lot of successful things with the Cactus Jack brand. I mean, we had him debuting a new song in Fortnite with an event that caught a huge number of concurrent users. Uh, we got Cactus Jack getting his own Happy Meal with a quarter pounder meal with barbecue sauce on it. It sold like crazy. Now we got him, what, we had him doing Nike, had the, had the Travis Scott dunks, crazy. At the Cactus Jack Dunks. He's done a lot of collabs with them. Now we got him partnering with Sony on the marketing for the PlayStation 5. We'll see what that can turn into over time. I mean, we've seen the, they debuted a little video to make somewhat of an announcement. They're showing off some, some PlayStation themed Travis Scott Dunk lows. You know those are going to sell for a lot if they ever hit the streets. AMC, how do you feel about this crossover? Yeah, um, I mean, more to see here. Um, I'm curious to see what how this plays out, uh, other than him obviously possibly being like a brand face for them for commercials or just for events. Um, but yeah, it's a way to generate buzz in a younger community. I mean, if you look at anything that Fortnite does, um, you might want to take note because they are the biggest game uh, of this generation and have continued, they've continued to grow to the point where they can go toe to toe with Apple <laughs> um, to call them out and to try to call out some of their practices and also, I guess, take advantage of their market share. And so, yeah, you see that some of the moves that they do branding wise to get out there, Sony taking note and it's like, yeah, like um, let's, the kids love Travis Scott this guy clearly is also all about branding, using his brand to elevate himself, um, not just his income, but also just brand, uh, just his name recognition. And that so exposure. it's, uh, it's uh, some people could look at it as like him or him being taken advantage of, or even the community being taken advantage of, but it's a partnership. And that's how all this works. I, I saw like some article um where it's like jordan was making more now off of his endorsements than players are actually making off of their current contracts in the league like the biggest players and so it's all about like just building that name because at some point when he might be done with making music or he might just lose that that love and so he's he needs to diversify and this is like kind of a this is a start for it with like the shoes the branding of the Cactus Jack taken from the pro wrestler <laughs> and uh, yeah, the McDonald's and all that stuff. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's, I think it's a joint venture that makes sense, especially as you're moving into a new console generation, you're trying to widen the, uh, the range of um, possible consumers and you want to be able to reach out to as many people as possible. And so Travis Scott, not seeming like a person who has fallen into that category of sold out as his music still continues to grow, innovate, and not seem stagnant. Um, it's the right person. Maybe if you did this with Drake, there'd be more 
there'd be a little more vitriol um going at way it. more vitriol yeah. <laughs> um but yeah so it's you got to think about the people that you're willing to work with and that's why like you look at xbox with snoop i mean who's hating on snoop uh at this point he's, you better um, not be hating on snoop we'll come yeah. and get you Exactly. He's the, the, he's the OG and just people love him. And so, yeah, you, it's, it's, it shows at least that the business side of it isn't just, uh, Hey, I talked to my kids and I heard this name. So now let's just try to do this and go viral. It seems like there's, they're hiring the right people to target these, um, these brands. And so, yeah, it, um, I think it's a good move on their part as well. I'm, I'm yeah. very agreeable today with how the companies are moving. Absolutely. I mean, Travis Scott has a massive fan base of millions upon millions that appeals to a a broad younger audience that they'll just take the cues and go wherever Travis Scott directs them. So partnering with him was a good move on Sony's part because you're probably going to get at least some respectable portion of that fan base now looking at your product because it's associated with their pop culture hero. Uh, in a quote on the PlayStation blog, Travis Scott says, I'm really looking forward to being able to showcase everything that Cactus Jack has worked on with Sony and the PlayStation team. Most importantly, I'm excited to see how the PlayStation fans and families respond, and I look forward to running some games with everybody very soon. Better get in line, get in that Cactus Jack queue. <laughs> uh, but there are a bunch of people who are in line for a different reason. It's because they hate yeah. <laughs> they can't take it. <laughs> they don't know what's going on. They don't know who's involved. They want you to know all about it. So this week's troll of the week, troll of the week, is coming sideways to Cactus Jack trying to get his paper right, working with Sony. First troll says, "So what games does this guy play?" Uh, Given on the litmus test, Fortnite or Call of Duty. And maybe his main games are FIFA and 2K21. What a fucking joke. <laughs> yeah, you, you gotta love it that whenever someone that isn't deemed as a gamer or deemed as acceptable within the gaming community, you know, they they do something gaming related and suddenly they gotta endure this this purity test. I mean, it was the same thing when women started showing up on message boards. Like, oh, what games do you play? Like female bloggers and and cam girls and stuff like that. And then now it's rappers and sports guys. And, oh, whatever. Just trying to diminish the partnership, trying to diminish this person's involvement with the gaming scene. And the, the thing here too is that rappers have been rapping about video games forever like you they might not be all like they might not just make songs devoted to a video game but there are just lines like sprinkled in like little baby works in pikachu in one of his songs it's um super nintendo sega genesis I when i was to, there broke man i couldn't picture this exactly and that's like going back to the 90s so yeah yes. like you look at it um like it's if you were to look like drake was with uh he i think he was on with like ninja and that was that that whole thing with like the Fortnite. like that, yeah. and that was like one of the biggest like streams ever um you, you have aoc like breaking like twitch records uh up yep. and on to play was it among us um so yeah it's with the idea, omar i believe <laughs> yeah it's like 
the idea of the gamer is so broad now. Like there are these people who want to try to hold up this purity test of like what a real gamer is, is really. But I mean, that is the thing. There are the people who play the 2Ks. Like a ton of the reason why 2K is so popular is a ton of basketball players actually play 2K. Like, mm-hmm. and so, and there are NFL players who play Madden. Um, mm-hmm. So it, the idea and of they're plays, good. <laughs> yeah, it's not just little kids. It's not just dudes in dudes who have no lives like the 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 typical idea of the gamer like it's it's pretty broad it's it's businessmen it's people who have professions people who have responsibilities and it's it's anybody people who are known and have status yeah because it's something that you played as a kid and some people like to revisit that some people like to revisit that all the time or just come and play maybe just one specific type of game but because they only play one specific type of game doesn't you can't diminish their contribution to the industry exactly i mean it's we ain't got nothing but a bunch of gatekeepers here and there ain't no gate (laughs) (laughs) you just it's like it's like in the cartoons when the house blows up, but the door is still standing and they answer the door when there's no walls. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. So next troll says, what a dumb decision on Sony's part does nothing to improve them. Okay. Next troll says, Xbox is where the trash old games collection and no hype is at. LOL. They over there playing stiff games with stiff lames. <laughs> That was utter gibberish. I'm surprised I even read that in one go. Next troll says, westernized garbage. Don't even understand the context of that. Next troll says, who? There are a lot of obligatory posts of that nature. This is expressing their unfamiliarity with pop culture and celebrities to diminish, again, their potential impact of being involved with the product, especially reflecting on the troll that said that it does nothing to improve Sony. Travis Scott has a massive loyal fan base. If he, if he says something or holds something up or wear something or go somewhere, his fan base is going to be locked in on whatever that is. So you're bringing that kind of energy, that kind of hype to the Sony ecosystem, whereas you might have had people who were just Nintendo players or people who were just Xbox players, but because they're Travis Scott fans, now they're going to be PlayStation fans. And that's a big deal, especially when you see how successful his collaborations have been with other companies like Nike, McDonald's, and so forth and so on. Now you can add Sony to that mix and we'll see what it is. I mean, who knows? We might get uh we might get a what a Travis Scott skin in God of War. He plays Travis Scott. <laughs> get that get that Kendall Jenner for Fred. <laughs> or Kylie, I should say. Yeah, the Kylie. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah, it, there's a lot of potential here. I mean, we got another troll that says LOL, because you know those have to show up. Next troll says how does a rapper bring more games to PlayStation 5? I don't want to listen to music. I want to play games, even though games are filled with music. 
uh, why spend money on a marketing gimmick instead of a new Legend of Dragoon or Wild Arms? There you go. There you go. That's the guy I was waiting for. <laughs> yeah. What you got for him, AFC? <laughs> yeah, it's just that, that idea of wasted resources. It's like, why are you, if you're, you're spending your money here, you could be spending it on this. <laughs> like, uh, everybody has an idea of, how a company should be running based on their personal preferences. And they like to speak for everyone when they have these strong opinions. It's like, well, I like this. That means everybody likes this. So why are you wasting your time? I don't listen to rap. So why are you even interested in the rap community? Mm-hmm. I'm not interested in this. Why are you even interested in yada, yada, yada? It's, um, there's so many things that are a lot bigger than you, but yet they have the best ideas. They, they, they think better than the people who, are put in charge of millions if not billions of dollars (laughs) why are you appealing to an audience of millions instead of to me yeah (laughs) don't you want my 60 dollars wild arms (laughs) legend of dragon last troll says number one literally fucking who number two the hell does a rapper have to do with video games Number three, this is further proof Sony has zero clue what gaming is. All right. Number one, award-nominated, award-winning, audience of millions strong, one of the biggest influencers walking around today. That's who. Travis Scott, Cactus Jack. Number two, rappers play video games. Rappers are highly visible. Rappers have huge fan bases. People don't seem to understand that just because you don't know someone or something doesn't mean that some large portion of people don't. So they do. And they're probably going to be much more interested in, in it because their hero, their idol, the person that, you know, has forged memories in their minds and been at signposts in their own life development is on this thing, that thing is going to be a part of their life as well. And number three, Sony knows exactly what gaming is. We talked about this in the pre-show where, dude, they've been putting out, first of all, people thought, oh, single-player games, everything's going to be multiplayer. Sony has put out exclusive after exclusive after exclusive, single-player no microtransactions, none of the stuff you guys say that you hate. I mean, Spider-Man, Horizon, Bloodborne, Ghost of Tsushima that just got a free multiplayer mode with no kind of monetization in it that you can also play solo, apparently. So I'm going to be trying that. It's knocking it out the park. God of War. All day, every day. Day's gone. Just the list keeps going on. Death Stranding can just keep playing. So Persona 5, Sony it knows exactly what gaming is, and they're trying to show a whole new audience what gaming could be, bringing them in, using their, their, their pop culture icon as the tip of the spear. So let Sony do the work of broadening the audience. All you need to do is sit back and read the rewards, shut your mouth, chill the fuck out. Normally, that's where you hear the. the yeah, I mean, if I had one last thing to add, it's it makes sense to to get like a Travis Scott like that that comment right there where the guy was like, 
what does this guy mean to video gaming? And actually, it's probably it's a person like that that you would want in that position that he's in, as opposed to somebody who's established. Like if you were to just look at that commercial, you know, it was a nationwide commercial and it was get a PlayStation 5 coming from me. Greg Miller, there'd be a, there'd be a group of people who'd be like, oh hell yeah, and then there'd be a lot of the world that would scratch their head and be like, who is this guy? <laughs> like on my Greg screen, who is Kevin he, Butler? <laughs> yeah, why is he telling me to get this? Who, who's Matt Damon or the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like um, it, I'd also like to pose the question to the people who who's who ask like, what does this person have to do with gaming? Like, who would you get? Yeah, to market the product, like who? What celebrity, what widely known figure that can appeal to an audience outside of the established gaming community would you partner up with to market a product that you're trying to get into the hands of new people who probably don't even know it exists? Yeah. And then once again, yeah, like the, the point I was getting to also is like his opinion, it's a little more palatable that his opinion is bought and paid for because he doesn't have a strong opinion when it comes to video gaming. Um, whereas like, if you were to get somebody who you go to for an objective opinion, like a journalist within the video game, if they were to get Jason Schreier <laughs> yeah. to, to, to market PlayStation, you would question every article that he wrote from then on that had to do with PlayStation. So uh, you do want- a, This is a conflict of interest. Yeah. Uh, so you, this has no integrity. So you want somebody who doesn't have an opinion that is in a way that you're worried about being at all compromised when it comes to video gaming. You want somebody who is there to just have a good time, be positive, talk about your product and represent it in a way where you're not really worried about them shitting on it later. And that's why a person like Travis Scott makes total sense as opposed to somebody who's established within the, within the industry with strong opinions and for generating content in that way. So yeah, this is a move that makes total sense for this particular situation. Exactly. They're just piggybacking off the cool to reach the new kids on the block and bring in a whole new generation of PlayStation family. Yes, sir. Um, it happen. <laughs> all right, I got two stories real quick to, to build off of this. These can be kind of quick hits, but yeah, like we've been talking about a lot of the commercial side when it comes to, you know, giving Snoop uh, Xbox fridge, bringing in Travis Scott to to help out the PlayStation brand moving forward. And this one um, I got, I pulled from gamesindustry.biz, the article titled the constant tug of war between AAA developers and the money people. Uh, it sounds like a troll article, but it's actually, yeah. so it actually has to do with, found it first. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It actually has to do with uh, a book that's coming out written by David Pofield debut book, the dream architects, Adventures in Video Game Industry offers a rare and surprisingly honest look at the pressures of AAA development. So in case you're wondering who David Polfelt is, he is the managing director at Massive Entertainment, which is the developer behind the Division series, Ooh. most notably. So um, One of my favorites. Yes, here. So let's get right into the article. So Polfelt believes the mood swing from art to commercial is actually vital to propelling the industry forward, adding that tension is like a creative battery. You have the plus side, obviously the creatives and the minus side, obviously the money people between, between them, you get a really interesting dynamic and Darwinistically productive for, for what we are doing. That is productively for what we are doing. Out of that, the tug of war, some people are able to step above and create something really new and different. 
This is what some game developers have been able to do, he says. And in the future, I think we'll see that more often where a developer transcends the banality of commercial realities and creates something profoundly meaningful, even though it has to stay within the commercial context. So I guess putting things in perspective, the only reason why I pulled this was that whole discussion about Travis Scott maybe led me to believe like people are forgetting that there's this whole business side of the industry. And what he's pointing out is that they actually have to be there. Like they, they have to work together. And it's that push and pull, which creates the best products because if it's all art, well, you could get a game that takes 20 years to develop because the artist could just be sitting there constantly chiseling, fine tuning until he gets the perfect product out there. And then if it's too commercial, we'll, which we'll get into the next topic, you might get some shit that pisses off consumers <laughs> of the product. Um, and so, yeah, but he's saying like when it does work out, it's, this beautiful product that, or this beautiful creation, which uh, comes down to you, you have the money from the developers and there's an expected development timeline for that, for their return on their investment. So they're giving the developers millions of dollars to create this thing. And they're saying, we're hoping that you can get this done within five years. If not, we're going to have to seek more costs and yada, yada, yada. And it's just, it's going to start going into the negative and it's going to be a problem. And, the great developer can have his vision and know how to work within those confines. And so with that, you see certain products come out like, um, I don't know, uh, Skyrim, <laughs> uh, other games that maybe take a while to produce, but then end up becoming huge financial commercial successes. And then you might see some where, I don't know, where people start questioning it, maybe like an Anthem where they think it's a live service game. It's all about the microtransactions and yada, yada, yada. Um, but yeah, if you can find that perfect balance, what, he, what he's saying is it's a reality that we have to accept. It's not something that we can just look over. I mean, how do you feel all about that, A-Dub? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's not much to say. I think you covered it all. It's just, yeah, I agree with those sentiments. Looking forward to checking that out, you know, in, in the long list of all the other reading I have to do. Yeah. Um, and so moving on in the next topic of the week. Uh, Top topic of the week. NBA 2K21 has, uh, uh. <laughs> has unskippable ads. And so, um, yeah, this is a topic that's been growing throughout the week because uh, 2K21 was initially released um, during, this load during the loading sequence. And I guess this has happened in previous 2K games. Uh, there is this 2K TV segment that airs. And um, I guess in the past, <laughs> it might just be like Charles Barkley or somebody else talking. But in this one, they decided to run an ad during that load screen. And so that obviously um, drew the anger of the community, especially because the game had been out for about a month before they decided to roll this out. And so, yeah, after all that anger, 2K, their community uh, team responded to all the anger. And this is what they had to say. As many are aware, in recent years, ads have been integrated into 2K TV segments. Yesterday's 2K TV ad placement impacted our player experience in a way we didn't intend. And as these ads are not meant to run as part of the pregame introduction, this will be fixed in future episodes. Thank you for your continued feedback. <laughs> Nada, how do you how do you feel about like just that whole story and then the response and all that stuff? Ads and video games. We've heard about this with uh, UFC. 
uh, for having ads and then having those subsequently removed. There was the uh, the whole thing with Street Fighter where they were <laughs> the ads and the stages. Yeah, they basically promoted their pro tour and people felt like those were ads and it was hindering their experience with the game. Um, yeah. what, what do you think about all that? When Can't fight on this. Yeah, when this. When this, I guess just the monetization of video games without having to, I guess, you know, making money in other ways other than just microtransactions. They're trying to not be intrusive. They're trying to not cut the game short they're trying to give you more <laughs> just let them make their money i'm telling you i'm telling everybody right here on this podcast just let them make their money don't fight this if you fight this it's just gonna get worse watch the stupid little ad put on a podcast turn away whatever you gotta do just leave the ads alone because if you do anything, if you push back on the ads and they go away, something worse is going to come down the line. We didn't have to have unskippable ads right now, but people insisted on pushing. And now we got unskippable ads. <laughs> but these motherfuckers do their thing. Yeah, I mean, it's, it depends on the games, too. I mean... It's you see it in these like the Maddens, the UFCs, like a lot of these like heavily are are franchises that require a license. And in this case, you're getting not only the license to the NBA, but you also have to get consent from all the players to use their likenesses and all that stuff. So there's a lot of money in just being able to get access to that product in order to make a video game based around it and so they have to figure out a way to make that money back on top of that they're producing a new game every year and you could argue that how much innovation can go from year to year in those games which is true but yet there's still development costs in getting the next product out within that next year and so they're always going to try to figure out ways to subsidize that especially from these big major companies like ea and uh 2k and so yeah they're they're going to figure out a way and i look at it i guess it's a little different because we're not seeing this in the god of wars and ghost of tsushima's and things like that there was there was like couple noodles that's more product placement and uh mm-hmm. was it in the, in the last final fantasy final fantasy 15 i believe um was it maruchan or nisan <laughs> i have no idea um <laughs> and so uh yeah like you, you look at it and they're going to try to, I guess, make money on the back end in some other ways, but um, it's, these aren't games that I play. So for me, I just look at it and it's like, yeah, you're playing the product that would have the ads. You watch football, you watch basketball, the players have logos from companies on their jerseys. Every time they go to timeout, you're going to see a commercial break. Um, you're going to see... Those commercials dump- cost a grip to get just the airtime, not even the commercial budget. Yeah, there's there's double boxes where during the game, it might just go, it might just start playing an ad while the game is being played in the background. There's all types of things. In UFC, they during the corner breaks, they're running commercials and instead of listening to the corner, the guy swear at his uh, fighter during the, cor- the you know, in between the rounds. They got um, ads on the ring. They got ads on their <laughs> shorts. They got ads on their gloves. You watch NASCAR, there's ads all over the car. If they could have ads on the windshield, they would. 
Yeah, and so it, it makes sense in a sports game. There's going to be ads within it. Uh, it is like a worry that will it bleed into other things? We haven't seen that, and so I think it's almost like it's it's uh, specific to these style to these style of games as opposed to this is a problem in the industry as a whole. The that that community will try to spin it to this is a problem for the entire greater industry, and now we're going to see this in cyberpunk and everything else moving forward. But I think it's specific to these games, and as long as the load times aren't being affected in order to work these ads in, I mean, what? Like as we discussed in the pre-show, you're when Bloodborne came out, you're just sitting there for like sixty minutes. Elder Scrolls when Skyrim there wasn't came. even there wasn't even the item description <laughs> yeah. at that time. That got patched in later because the load time was so low. I remember people talking about push-up challenges during the load screens of Skyrim because you would just sit there while staring at a, a demon and you could spin him around. Challenge. I guess. <laughs> yeah, there's getting swollen, turning into the Dova King, playing Dova King. Yeah, so I mean, there are always these low time, these, these low times, and it was a matter of how you figure out how to take advantage of that. With single player experiences, they've learned how to work in story content into the low times to to kind of bake it in. Um, but in this case, yeah, it's a it's a video game. You're waiting for whatever to load up, and so why not throw in an ad? Um, I, I get it. Like I can see why people are upset with it. Like especially if it's an ad that you want nothing to do with. Why are you trying to sell me this? But um, I think it's it's kind of an accepted cost when it comes to playing a fucking annual franchise uh, <laughs> of a of a sports game. Yeah, just just let it go, man. <laughs> you got anything yeah. else, Adam? I uh, got some quick ones. There's a third party company called PlateStation Five. That's P L A T E Plate, and they're already taking pre orders for their their PS Five plates basically uh, you know people have had a lot of things to say about the router looking playstation 5 and it's white plates oh why is it white oh why is it white i wish i had a black console why couldn't they just do this well playstation 5 has got you covered they've got colors such as cherry red chromatic indigo blue jungle camo and limited edition version one matte black uh look we took a look on the site these plates can be had for the low, low price of $39.99. So, yeah, we're already seeing the customization that Sony has talked about going into effect. Uh, keep in mind, these are not official PlayStation plates. So, buyer beware. Moving on to the next topic of the week. Top topic of the week phil spencer has been hinting toward the possibility of xbox game pass streaming sticks for your tv no console required uh, in a comment phil spencer said you could imagine us even having something that we just included in the game pass subscription that gave you an ability to stream x cloud games to your television and buying the controller amc what do you think about this raw sorcery that they're trying to suggest here? Ah, that's a rumor. At this point, I can't even talk about something that isn't official yet. So I mean, it ain't real to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> until until it's something that happens. I mean, it's if anything, he's just talking about the overall philosophy of Xbox moving forward into next gen, which is they want to be able to get into as many hands as possible. And so People are caught up in the console wars and they're all about just building that that community 
that ecosystem. And so, yeah, this might be another move, but until it's official, yeah, it doesn't really mean anything. It's it's interesting. It's setting the field for what appears to be a streaming future. I mean, we got Google Stadia in the mix. We're seeing a lot of streaming efforts being made within the past 10 years. And now this would just be something else to add to it if it turns out to be true, because as you noted, it is indeed a rumor. But it's, you know, it's always nice to get a glimpse into what the industry is thinking, where the industry might decide to go. So we'll see with all of that. Uh, next topic of the week. Topic, topic of, of the week. week. We'll, we'll hit you with a little, a little good news, bad news. The good news is there are still ways. The bad news is PT can't be re-downloaded on PS5. <laughs> yeah, so in this story, is it's just a little clarification that since PT isn't available on the PlayStation Store, you will not be able to, you know, transfer all your data to your, your PlayStation 5 and download it onto that system. However, if you already have it on an external hard drive, you don't need to worry about it. You can still get it on that way. I believe you can also transfer it with the, the Wi-Fi data transfer that the console is going to be doing in order for you to move your, your PlayStation 4 data onto your PlayStation 5. So there's still ways at the same time, a Konami spokesperson said, we are currently testing each PS4 title for backwards compatibility on PS5. Please ask Sony Interactive Entertainment for details about games transferred between PS4 and PS5 using their data transfer function. So Konami's doing something, even though in the past years, it seemed as if they want nothing to do with gaming except taking all the money out and putting barely anything in. So let's see where this goes amc how do you feel i know you're a big fan of pt yeah i mean sure that <laughs> so you know i'm, I'm always that i'm actually a big proponent of um mark everything like yeah it, even if it's free like even if you don't like it on the ps plus because why not they're giving you free games pt was not one of the ones that i capitalized on yeah, <laughs> yeah. but i mean i know there are people who like gaming historians. And so I think for that reason alone, I would like to see PT exist in some way. I think the uh, the legend of PT is almost greater than even what the game is in itself. The fact that people, that we're still talking about it to this day about like, well, what about next gen? Like what happens? Is this just going to go away? <laughs> when does uh, it die? <laughs> yeah, is this demo, is this, is this dream going to go away? Like people are holding on to this thing. And I mean, hopefully that, I mean, that's always a thing that could always be in like Sony's back pocket at one E3 when they're, they're low on announcements, they could just be like, and we got PT coming. And then people will like collectively blow their minds All the Shinmu people, all the, uh, all the, Shinmu people. All the, all the final <laughs> fantasy seven remake people. Uh, who else is there? All the people that, that have been waiting, all the banjo, oh, not banjo, all the, um, crash bandicoot people all, all the people the metal that, gear solid remake people yeah all the people who have like that that thing like when are they going to do this um this will all be, the all the duke nukem forever people yeah there's it's going to happen uh agent we can even throw in there yeah um, the, which would be me <laughs> yeah um and so yeah pt is the one where people are just waiting for that thing to get officially announced you got you already you already have this this relationship this partnership with uh kojima so i mean it's it's a thing that people are kind of holding out for but not expecting um the lore just continues with pt 
um, I'm sure people are going to figure it out. I'm guessing the other ways around is maybe if you have it on your hard drive already, then you can just transfer it, but you won't be able to actually download it from the PlayStation store. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, I guess there might be some forwards compatibility stuff, maybe that they have to work in uh, that might require a patch. And that's where Konami has to step in. Uh, but yeah, um, I think uh, it's one of those things we're going to keep hearing about PT until they f- officially announce the game and it'll come out and then, People can be happy or shit on it. Or PT will be packaged in it. <laughs> yeah. I, mean? well, I still have it on my hard drive. I haven't played it yet. I think I, think I may need to knock that out before I get a PS5. Just on the off chance that somehow it doesn't make it over if I plug my hard drive in. I mean, you were looking for you were looking for a scary game. You got you already got one. You could you could hop on PT now. Yeah. <laughs> I should still got until dawn in the plastic thanks to a work friend. So that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, moving to the next topic of the week. Top topic of the week. Bethesda is being sued for $100 million after alleged intentional sabotage of Room 2 to protect Elder Scrolls. <laughs> <laughs> A lot going on in that headline. So basically what the, what the lawsuit is alleging is that there were some events that went down with Room 2. Basically, it came out the developer of room two was then closed the following day and they were then purchased or absorbed by Zenimax Bethesda and reopened the following day <laughs> as a whole different studio. Uh, it used to be human head studios and then they were reopened as Roundhouse Studios within two days of their game finally being released. Uh, one of the reasons that the studio closed down was that Bethesda and Zenimax said that they weren't supporting the game after it came out. What human head, former human head now defunct is claiming to be intentional sabotage of their title. This lawsuit is in the amount of a hundred million dollars. And yeah. What do you think AMC? (laughs) I don't really understand it still. So Bethesda was publishing it and then they shut down the studio after they were released. Like, why would they like, is did Bethesda have anything monetarily to gain from Rune coming out? Like what's their connection to Rune too? So the publisher of the game, Ragnarok, uh-huh. it, they're claiming that the developers intentionally abandoned the game upon launch and refused to turn over the source code. So the publisher is seeking damages and retribution. Uh, the reason that Bethesda and Zenimax are now involved in the suit is that Human Head Studios went out of business a day after the game's launch. And I'm still trying to figure out what exactly their relationship is. So maybe that'll be something we update you guys with another time. Yeah. But this news, this news is coming on in the wake of the Microsoft acquisition of Zenimax and subsequently Bethesda and this could possibly jeopardize the deal. Who knows? I doubt that anything you're spending $7.5 billion on is going to be messed up by a $100 million lawsuit. That's just my thinking. Yeah. Because it, it sounds like from an outside perspective, it sounds like somebody trying to uh, 
kind of trying to gravy train them <laughs> like yeah. they're like they're like uh you're trying to make money i'm gonna I'm get mine i'm gonna I'm sue you like i'm gonna sue you real quick and then because i know you got all this cash coming in um and so you throw out a, a crazy number like a hundred million dollars to be like that's how much rune two could have made <laughs> yeah. um I, yeah i don't fully understand the story in itself even after you explained it like is it that they felt like there was some behind the scenes deals with like the heads of that company to then get acquired by Bethesda. And so they tank their own game and it's, why would they tank their own game to get bought out by Bethesda? Um, and, and then if Bethesda had, was looking to make some money off of Rune 2, why would they care if it sold money? Like just so that it wouldn't compete with, um, the eldest girl. Yeah, it's like it would just be more money for them. Like it, a lot of it doesn't really make sense to me. Like, why would you want to bury your own product? That's like the no, people who tried to. We don't like, want to split the fan base. Yeah, it's like the people who tried to like. Well, Sony's like they're clearly just trying to like bury Ghost of Tsushima with The Last of Us too. It's like no, they're they're trying to make money off of anything that they put out. So Which yeah, they've it, done. <laughs> yeah, so like the story in itself doesn't make sense based off of the read like i have to really like look into like the business practices to understand how i guess like how they really how there was foul play yeah (laughs) it's it's an odd one but it's one (laughs) it's it's a wrinkle i guess if you could say anything as a as a potential issue moving forward with that deal but yeah it doesn't really make sense to me on a lighter note Yes. We got your next topic of the week. Top topic of the week. Borderlands 3 Designers Cut DLC. More details have emerged. As you may or may not know, this DLC is bringing new skill trees for some of the heroes in Borderlands. And we come to find out with this new news that it's all the heroes. So every character in Borderlands 3 is getting a brand new skill tree. Uh, the first two that they described were for Flack and Amara, that's the Beastmaster and the Siren, respectively. Uh, the first for Amara is the Enlightened Force skill tree, which allows you to build Amara around cryo-elemental effects and freezing enemies. The tree's passives help maximize elemental damage and show in, and slow enemies down, while the Phase Flare action skill summons an orb of elemental energy that can be controlled and directed towards enemies. Sounds cool as hell. <laughs> For Flack, uh, the designer's cut adds the Trapper skill tree, which provides shield and critical hit bonuses for the character's pet. The tree's action skill is Gravity Snare, which periodically lifts enemies into the air, interrupts their attacks, and then slams them into the ground for damage. Sounds like I'll be playing as Flack on my next character if I can get through this game yet again to unlock true vault hunter mode or excuse me to unlock mayhem mode for true vault hunter mode so that i can finally dig into this end game and possibly the dlc itself (laughs) uh the new news for the direct the designers cut dlc talks about the skill trees for moe's as well is who's this other character zane yeah so moe's skill tree the new one is mother bear and this swaps out the mech for a little mini mech called Iron Cub. (laughs) The smaller mech, it can't be piloted, but it'll run around on its own and maul enemies it finds until its fuel tank runs dry. While the Iron Cub is smaller than the Iron Bear, it has the access to the same weapon hard points, so it can still be equipped with grenade launchers if you wish. Uh, You'll probably want to use the Salamander Flamethrower, though, as the skill tree provides bonuses for setting enemies on 
fire. For Zane, the new skill tree is called the professional, which comes with the active skill Mantis shoulder cannon. This new gun is a high-tech rail gun that can be used as an over the uh, what, OTT sniper rifle. I don't know what that is. It sounds like Call of Duty shit. Interestingly, the, pro the professional skill tree has an ability that allows the Mantis to fire a grappling hook instead of a bullet, which allows you to pull enemies toward you for close quarter kills. How you like me now? <laughs> Borderlands 3. You were on Borderlands 3, weren't you? I never got it. Damn, sorry. Borderlands 2 was what uh, I thought. 3 is amazing. It I don't appreciate how it makes you play the game completely so many times just to unlock the end game and all the various modes, but that's the way it is. Deal with it. Uh, definitely some of the best Borderlands playing I've had in a good while. So I appreciate it for that. Some cool characters. Uh, performance is a little splotchy on current gen. It'll be interesting to see how this game operates, especially once we get the PlayStation 5 upgrades that it's going to be receiving next gen. Looking forward to that. AMC, you got anything else? Nah, that's all we got, eh, Dub. I think that's an episode. That's an episode. We got another nap. Have another nap. <laughs> you got any final words before we get out of here, eh, Dub? Uh, stay warm out there. Get ready for that clock to roll back pretty soon. And yeah, hopefully we all get through this together. And I just saw an image of Mark Wahlberg playing Sully in the Uncharted movie, and I've I've lost all faith. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I mean, I wanted I wanted a more grizzled veteran. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I mean, even with the Tom Holland, like at least give me some facial hair. Try to make it believable. Oh, man. Can you imagine if the next Uncharted <laughs> Sully looked like Mark Wahlberg? <laughs> and, and Nate looked like Tom Holland. So yeah, you had two characters in the in the Sony universe that look like Tom Holland. <laughs> See now, if they change these faces, that's when you get upset. You don't get upset at Peter Parker's face. You get upset at Nathan Drake and Sullenberger's face. Sully Sullenberg. Yeah, I want to play that young Sully game. I need to put that out. <laughs> Hope so, man. I, they need to put out a Sully game where every level you're landing a 747 in the Hudson River. Yeah. And you're just <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, all right, man. Well, this is Control Issues. I'm the AFC. And this is not the Control Issues. Bye. 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 Bye.